Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the Jmart Cast for Monday, October 4th. What is going on? How are ya? Hope you're having a great day. Hope you've had a good week. I am a little bit haggard today because yesterday was my brother-in-law's bachelor party and uh, had a few drinky poos, uh, not too much, gladly. So while I was not in like, you know, the best shape this morning, I have recovered mostly (laughs) and uh, feeling better, feeling like I didn't wreck myself too hard, only a little bit, maybe like 50%, not too bad, could have been way worse. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, the bachelor party was fun, give you some of the broad strokes and uh, won't share too, too much of the details but just the pg-13 i guess variation (laughs) let's see what do we do we started off by going to do some go-kart racing that was pretty sweet um let's see how well did i do with that we had like three races one to kind of just get used to the track one to qualify for the final race and then of course the third one was the final race unfortunately i sucked (laughs) and i think i came in last on the final race I did okay for the qualifiers, but uh, let's see. The The qualifier was you just like the best lap time was used to set your like, uh, I guess, position for the final race. So we were like a group of 11 dudes and my time was the seventh fastest time in, ter- in terms of lap time. So not in the top half of the group. <laughs> so yeah, pretty slow. And then in the final... And we were like, there's 11 of us. We divided into groups of six and five to do like the qualify races. And then the final one, we were all put together. And so with all the people piled on the track, it was just like a mayhem. Uh, People crashing into each other a little bit more and just like, yeah, not uh, able to, I wasn't able to control the car nearly as well just because of all the other extra people I had to go around. So it was uh, a bit of a shit show, but had a lot of fun we uh yeah we uh actually weren't even supposed to have all 11 of us together on the track they wanted to keep us separate still but um we were just able to convince the dudes running the the place to just let all of us go together and it was a lot of fun let's see what else about the uh bachelor party we had a bit of a funny outfit for my brother-in-law to, I guess, uh, you know, distinguish him from the rest of us as the person who's having the bachelor party. So the group of us got him a nice, actually a really nice, like a uh, Bavarian style lederhosen. Uh, it was like the full package too, not just the lederhosen. We got them, we got him like the red and white checkered shirt, a nice Bavarian hat too, and like nice long socks with like images of mountains on them. So he was like fully decked out and people were like staring at him all day long. So it was perfect. Um, what else did we do? We went to a whiskey bar. That was, that was good. The whiskey bar was like downtown Toronto and it was a place where you could like order whiskey flights. So you could try a whole bunch of nice ones. And it was, it was sweet actually. Uh, I'm not a big whiskey guy, but you know, going to a nice fancy place like that, uh, you can't have a bad whiskey almost. Like it's just like really, really nice. And got our drinks on, got a, a nice and uh, toasty. 
and then made our way to our final stop before like heading back to kind of like my buddy's house, the best man's house who was kind of uh, holding everyone at his place for, for the night. And so the last place we went to was an escape room, had some fun with that. We were a little bit toasty, even though we were a little bit toasty, we, uh, again, had to separate off into two different groups, but both groups were able to escape the escape room. So pretty proud of that, given the (laughs) state of affairs. And then after that, we um, didn't have much success going to another bar or anything downtown, just because like, even though... It's COVID times, the downtown's still packed with people and you can't just simply get in somewhere with a group of 11 dudes without having a reservation. So we did a little bit of walking around, had no success and just went back to the best man's house and continued with the drinks over there. Yeah, that was uh, that was my uh, Saturday night, having a grand old time with the boys, celebrating my... Uh, <laughs> brother-in-law's getting married and his last days of freedom as they like to say that was good Let's see what would we some, some of the funny things that happened was um actually the night before we hung out a little bit as well before the saturday we hung out on friday night as well had a nice barbecue people were smoking some cigars and it was actually funny because they um lit the cigars with the hot coals that we were using with the charcoals that we were using to do the barbecue earlier so that was kind of hilarious (laughs) and then um got to talk to some of my uh brother-in-law's friends who i'm not as familiar with and get to know him a little bit better he's got a solid group of friends i want to say except for one dude but it's not even except for him he was a cool dude we had a good time talking i had a good time like talking to him conversing to him but it's just like funny because uh, we didn't have a hard time talking to each other and like, you know, just going back and forth uh, and being civil with one another and just like actually having a good conversation and enjoying it to some extent, to a good ex- great extent. But like every topic we discussed was we were just diametrically opposed. <laughs> it was it was friggin hilarious. Let's see. This dude is vegetarian and anti-meat. He's super worried about climate change and worried that like we're headed for a catastrophe. To him, most human endeavors are a waste of resources and should be uh, stopped. He's a huge like pro vaccine mandate guy, make sure like or vaccine passport guy. He wants to make sure everyone's vaccinated and if someone's not, they should be excluded from society. Let's see what else. Uh, The topic of Bitcoin came up, of course, and then he went on to say how uh, the energy used uh, to uh, secure Bitcoin is a waste of energy as well and could be put to better use. (laughs) And then uh, I was uh, kind of pushing back. Of course, we were, like I said, we were having a conversation, uh, providing counterpoints to one another, and he was very um, nice in. that he let me say my points, he acknowledged them, and he at least saw a lot of uh, good points that I was making, and he acknowledged the value of those points, uh, but not for everything. And this one example that I just thought of was like he was saying that you know the energy used to secure Bitcoin is a waste of energy, blah blah blah, and then I pointed out to him that 
the total energy used is 0.1% of the total energy that is u- that is used globally. So it's pretty insignificant. Not only that, but also the amount of energy that is produced and wasted globally far uh, supersedes the amount that is used to secure Bitcoin. And then final point I made was that the amount of energy used for Christmas lights is significantly greater than for, again, securing Bitcoin. And then his response to me was that Christmas lights are a waste. And he's like, don't get me started on, on Christmas lights. And just after that, I, I kind of broke down and, you know, we were having a pretty um, good conversation, but it just kind of slipped after that, that I was like, dude, you're such a buzzkill. Like, seriously, like, if you're against Christmas lights, you're a fucking buzzkill. All right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought that and before I could filter that thought from coming out of my mouth, I said it and I just, I said, it, I was like, oh, sh- shoot, sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be so mean, but like, you know, what Christmas lights are like pretty b- benign and people love them and they bring a lot of joy. Like if you're just, you're anti that and you, that's the definition of a buzzkill if you ask me. He was pretty cool about it. He's like, you know what? You're right. I get that a lot. So <laughs> he he uh, let that one slip, which was nice of him. Again, like even though we were so diametrically opposed on everything we spoke and Maybe I wasn't necessarily the nicest guy in calling him a buzzkill. He was still pretty gracious. And and so it's pretty cool that there's still that still exists, that you can still sit down with somebody who's so different from you, who who like disagrees on all the points that you think are true, but you can still have a civil conversation, not hate each other, have drinks together, spend the rest of the day together and have a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, the final thing. This is like near the, like the final thing that he said that kind of like really was rubbed me a little bit the wrong way was like he was saying how big weddings are a waste of resources too. Meanwhile, like this is a bachelor party and my brother-in-law is going to be throwing a big wedding and at least as big as there will allow during COVID times, right? So just like, dude, <laughs> pick your audience who you're going to say that to, like, <laughs> you know. And so I he's like I called him out on it a little bit. I was like, all right, if, if weddings are a waste of re- resources, like what is a good way to spend resources? And so I don't know. He maybe I caught him off guard a little bit with that one because he uh, backtracked a little bit. You know, he's like saying, you know, just like excessively big weddings, not like every wedding. It's just like, okay, dude. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> but so yeah, that was the start of my October. Speaking of October. Who is doing Sober October? Anyone uh, doing that this year? Write me in if you are. By the way, I always forget to like promote how people should get in touch with me in the beginning. I always do it near the end when probably people aren't listening. So if you want to get in contact with me, answer any of the questions or ask questions to me about anything, email me at newsletter at jmartfit.com. Or also you can just uh, get in touch with me through social media, either Instagram or Twitter, at jmartfit, J-M-A-R-T-F-I-T for both of them. But yeah, October, sober October. Um, I've done it for the last four years in a row, I want to say. And um, I want to do it again this year, obviously. It's not going to be a perfect sober October because I started off the first two days with a fair amount of drinking. 
So my plan is to uh, add those two days to the beginning of November as a way to <laughs> to you know get get the whole month in. So you know I'm I'm not gonna use sober October as a way to you know not drink as my at my you know brother-in-law's uh bachelor party and he's also gonna have a wedding later this month so i'm definitely gonna be drinking it that day but what i'm doing is i guess just uh you know not counting those days in october it's a bit cheating but you know it's it's a special circumstance and i'll just add those days to the end or to the end of the month or the beginning of november as like a few additional days of not drinking to make up for the days that i quote-unquote cheated in october by having drinks. But yeah, I uh, have enjoyed doing the Sober October thing challenge for the last few years. And uh, I guess what I've liked about it is just the break from drinking is very welcome. And it's a good excuse to tell people that you're not drinking when they're offering you alcohol and you feel bad about like rejecting it this is a good way to be like well you know i'm just doing this thing for a month thank you very much I'll, next time i will definitely join in uh, sometimes you know just like people are nice and they offer you these things and you almost feel obligated to um uh, to accept right and sometimes like personally i've been drinking less and less right so just oftentimes unless like it's a really you know big occasion or i'm like with one of my really close friends who i want to be drinking with if it's just like, you know, not one of those situations, I'd, I'd prefer to abstain. And now with Sober October, it's a good way to be like, sorry, don't need that right now. Or not don't need that right now, but I'm, us- I'm using this month to quote unquote cleanse myself from alcohol. <laughs> I was thinking about doing coffee this year too, but I don't know, man, that's not worth it to me. <laughs> I don't drink that, that much coffee anyway. I only have like a cup a day. Sometimes I extend it to two or three, but most of the time it's just a cup a day. So I feel like that's manageable. That's, that's it's not it's pretty standard. Most people do more than that. So I feel fine with that. Now, in previous years, I've done a physical challenge to go along with the sobriety challenge. So previously I did like a a mandatory one minute hanging from like a bar or whatever uh, every day for the month of October. That was one of the challenges I did, which was really awesome, actually. It's a really good way to open up the shoulders and take care of any, you know, problems that you might, or tightness or anything you might feel in that region, just by simply hanging, spending a little bit of time consistently doing that every day can make a much greater impact on, on like how well you feel in that region of the body compared to anything else you could be doing. So that was a good challenge. I loved doing it for like every day uh, uh, for a minute, because it's pretty easy, even if you forget throughout the day, at the end, very end of the day, you could just be like, all right, let's just do a quick one-minute hang. Also really good for like strengthening the grip strength or improving the grip strength, which is, of course, an important f- component of fitness that people don't realize. The stronger your grip, it's very tightly correlated with like health outcomes and how long you live and stuff like that. So I recommend training your grip. Speaking of training, I've been doing more... Uh, uh, front splits, front, front split training, and uh, it's, it's going well. I'm getting a lot closer to getting down all the way down, balls to the ground. <laughs> the sensation of stretching near the end range is still pretty unbearable. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Like, 
obviously I can bear it because I'm doing it. <laughs> Pretty uncomfortable. And um, uh, from what I understand, it's never going to get comfortable. I just have to mentally get past that, <laughs> I guess. But uh, I think I'm getting better with the end range strength of like the muscles for the um, like the hamstring and the hip flexor. It's just a matter of, yeah, being able to calm down mentally and relax my nervous system in order to convince my brain that it's safe to go a little bit deeper down, a little bit deeper down. So just going to keep plugging away at that. I've been using um, a nice uh, follow along front split training routine on YouTube. If you look up Tom Merrick front split routine, it should come up. That's the one I've been using. It's pretty good. Uh, I like Tom Merrick. He's got a sweet YouTube page with a lot of good uh, uh, helpful tutorials. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Continuing on with training, I have uh, stopped the running for the last couple of weeks, just mainly because my buddy, my running partner has been skipping out on me. So, uh, you know, running is one of those things where it's just like the motivation to run by yourself is uh, it, it there's just like a much greater <laughs> uh, need to have motivation to run by yourself than there is if you're running with a buddy so you know if you're running with a buddy it's like you don't need that much motivation your buddy's already there so you can just go do it if he's not there I'm not gonna go running <laughs> so I haven't been doing the running I did start off two weeks of running and then two weeks of no running maybe next week we will restart again but my jujitsu training is ongoing and I'm still sticking to my uh, two days a week which is pretty good. This week we were practicing arm bars, um, which was uh, pretty sweet. And then we also hit some uh, uh, takedowns. And with my wrestling background, the takedowns come a little bit easier to me. So that was that was pretty sweet, just practicing that. And and uh, yeah, I don't know, just made me remember all my all the good times from when I was on the wrestling team, both in high school and university, uh, doing those uh, wrestling. Uh, takedown practice in in jujitsu class the arm bars were pretty good too but it's still pretty new to me and i have to really really think in my mind about like the order of steps that i have to take in order to go from you know defending to uh, having someone's arm in my uh, control for performing the arm bar so i have to just you know drill it over and over again very slowly until it becomes no longer it's no longer you know, something I'm doing consciously, but subconsciously because I've practiced it so much that it just comes naturally to me. Like, uh, you know, it's like tying shoelaces. No one's actually thinking about um, tying shoelaces, shoelaces like consciously when they're doing it, right? It's just like, it's just something you've done so many times that you automatically do it without thinking about it. And that's kind of uh, the idea behind learning these techniques is you just got to do it so often that it becomes as simple as tying shoelaces, so working on that, the other thing was, uh, uh, during, so we got, we have, you, you have a class, right? And then at the end of the class, you do some rolling with people to kind of, you know, practice what you've, uh, been learning while you're doing, you know, doing the drills and everything. So at the end of the class, I was, um, uh, rolling with a big dude. He's way bigger than me. Like I'm 150 pounds. He's at least 200, probably 220. Um, and, uh, I was using the the worm guard against uh, as a defense uh, technique, and it was actually working pretty well. And I was pretty happy with that. I was like, "Holy shit! I 
There's something I learned and now I'm applying it and it's working like it's intended to. This is amazing. It's just a great feeling, right? Like anything, anytime you learn something like that, a new skill and it's exciting, you're just like, wow, I can't believe I'm learning this. And then when you actually apply it and it works, it's just a great feeling and it uh, is very motivating to keep going, to continue, right? Because if it's working, if you try harder, ideally, it'll keep working, working even better. So I'm really happy that I've been going to these jujitsu classes. I'm like completely sold and, you know, I have a long-term kind of perspective on this that I want to be doing this for as long as I can. I want to work towards a black belt that will hopefully come in many, many years, obviously, but um, eventually. <laughs> so yeah, that's the training update. Let's see. Uh, let's do a Bitcoin update, shall we? Let's see. What's it trading at right now? Nearly 49K, 48,868. And only a few days ago, let's see, at the end of September, on September 29th, it had been as low as 41,000. So seen a nice little bump up in the last few days. And in terms of like some of the big news happening recently, as I've mentioned before, El Salvador has made Bitcoin legal tender. And now they're going to be using volcano technology. Well, not volcano technology, the energy from a volcano to be mining Bitcoin. And they've already started this. They um, have a mining node somehow set up with energy production from the volcano. And uh, yeah, they've started mining. And the interesting thing about like this whole thing and mining in general is like they don't actually normally produce energy from the volcano because even though it's like, you know, a lot of free stranded energy because it's like in a remote location to produce the energy and then to transfer it over to where people are living, there's a lot of waste associated with that. So economically it doesn't actually make sense to have a power plant producing energy from the volcano if you have to waste a lot of it to get it to people where they actually need it. But the beautiful thing about Bitcoin mining is that is the mobile component. So you can bring the mining equipment to the source of the energy. That way there is very little waste. That way you can produce all the free energy that you know you have available to you and uh and capture that energy right away by mining bitcoin and that's what el salvador is doing right now and yeah that's crazy like they're gonna as a government you know they have a lot to uh to gain from something like that and hopefully the people will see some of those gains themselves but the people also have you know access to bitcoin themselves and because it's a legal tender there they don't have to worry about the whole um capitals gains tax and all that crap so yeah that country's on the up and up in my opinion i would love to go visit it sometime they have a big beautiful coastline and um it looks like you know great place to visit they have good tourism people seem nice and beautiful so yeah it's definitely on my hit list of places to go in the near future speaking of places to go uh, earlier this week, I think it was like Thursday morning, uh, family and I, my wife and my kid, we went to the Toronto Botanical Gardens or Edward Cart Gardens as they're called. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think I've mentioned that place on the podcast before, but it's one of my favorite places to go to in, go to in Toronto currently because of the fact that it's an outdoors garden. So you don't have to worry about, you know, masks or any of that. You can just go and enjoy the 
beautiful scenery, the plants, the flowers, the big, beautiful trees. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of running around with my kid on the grass and rolling around and all that uh, always makes me happy to do that. Funny thing about my kid is he's like really scared of like big machines now or not like when they make loud noises is he's when, when he's really scared of them or if they like come real close. So like he's got this thing now where every time he hears like a big truck or something and it's getting close, he just like freaks out. He's like, no, 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 I'm scared. I'm scared. I want up. I want up. He wants to get picked up and be comforted. And of course, my wife being the loving mother that she is, is like very much like, oh, come here, I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like being like the stern dad, like, no, Bennett, you got to, you know, get over your fears. <laughs> Probably not the best approach, uh, but, you know, I think he needs a little bit of both. So, you know, I'm not pushing him into like big trucks or anything like that. I'm just like trying to encourage him to you know, stay on his feet when big trucks go by rather than get picked up and not be so scared. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he'll get over this fear pretty soon because it's getting a little bit over the top because it's like we're walking on the sidewalk and every time there's a big truck rolling by, he just loses his shit. So, (laughs) you know, that can't go on for too long. Let's see. What's the last thing I wanted to talk about today? Oh, yeah. I helped a friend of mine bake their own sourdough bread and super proud of that i gave her some of my sourdough starter which she used and i gave her the instructions and how to do it and she kind of did it all by herself really so all the credit goes to her mad props uh, well done and uh, if anyone's interested anyone wants to uh you know learn how to bake sourdough hit me up i will teach you i can share my sourdough starter with you i can even mail you some of my starter it you can dry it and like put it in a envelope and it should be fine. You can use that. So if anyone's interested, let me know. I will not only share my sourdough starter, but also share my techniques on how to do it. It's not that hard. You can, there's like lots of YouTube videos and whatnot, but I'm willing to provide a, I don't know, one-on-one, I guess, uh, personalized help if anyone's interested. So hit me up. I am your sourdough bread master. I will show you everything you need to know, uh, help you not make any of the mistakes that I made. (laughs) I know sourdough was popular um, right as the pandemic started. You know, people are stuck at home. It's like, what do we do? Well, I guess we could, you know, hoard all the uh, flour that's at the grocery stores and start baking bread. And that was a pretty popular thing. But I think it's kind of died down again. I was, I was a... (laughs) I hate when people say this, but I'm going to say this. I was into sourdough before it was cool, before the pandemic. So <laughs> I'm continuing my sourdough journey, even though it's become less popular now that like, you know, it's no longer a fad, but I am encouraging all my friends to, um, you know, figure out how to learn how to bake um, sourdough bread, not only because it's like delicious AF, but also it's very, it's a very practical skill to have. And with my help, you can do it too. Just reach out, send me an email, either newsletter at jmartfit.com or at jmartfit Instagram or Twitter. And that about pretty much brings me to the end of this podcast. Actually, wait, no. One thing I have to go over one more time. So that dude from my brother-in-law's bachelor party who I was 
diametrically opposed to on every single point. Eventually, it comes out. He says this. He says this to me. He says, "I'm a communist." Very proudly, he、uh, you know proclaims himself to be to belong to the ideology of communism. And when I heard that, I was just like, that was the last straw that broke the camel's back because, like, he even knew that prior to him saying that that I'm Armenian, which is a an ex-Soviet republic <laughs> and one that has greatly suffered economically due to the fact that it was part of the Soviet Union and part of the collapse as well. So. You know, when you bring that point to him, it's just like, well, you know, communism wasn't properly implemented in the Soviet Union. <laughs> it's like, okay, man. Every time communism gets implemented anywhere in the world, it turns into a shit show. And then he went off to rhyme off all the、uh, countries currently who are officially communist, and like, he was trying to tell me how Cuba is a great country because it's communist and because it.、Uh, He said he rhymed off some statistic about how Cuba has a really good、uh, lifespan or something like that. Like the people in Cuba are living much longer than they are. I don't know other parts of the world, and I was just like, dude, if if Cuba's the best you got, that you got some major problems. <laughs> All right, like Cuba's not a good place, generally speaking, for most people. Right, like there's a few lucky ones, some people working at like those.、So All-inclusive resorts, but most people are not living in like proper homes, not getting you know the proper things, all the food they want or they need. Like I've experienced Cuba firsthand. Well, maybe I can't say I've experienced it firsthand, but I've had a pretty significant、uh, thing happen where I went with a group of friends to Cuba, and one of them or two of them actually were on a moped. And we're in a small collision with a bus, and had to go to the hospital. And the healthcare that they received at that hospital was so subpar, and the cleanliness of the hospital was just atrocious. It was disgusting. So, like, don't go off telling me that Cuba is a great place because people are living longer. Based on some statistic that I never checked actually to know if it's true or not, even if it is true, like who knows why that is? It's definitely not because they're a communist country. I can pretty much guarantee that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but <laughs> if anyone's got experience with going to Cuba and、um, you know seeing it for firsthand for themselves, let me know. Write me back and tell me what you think. Is Cuba an amazing country because it's communist? <laughs> I'd love to hear some some stories. All right, I think that's all I got for this week, and I've already reached my thirty、uh, minute mark. And I think I like that amount of time, and I'll probably be sticking to half an hour podcast episodes from now on. It's just long enough where I can tell all the stories from the week and all the interactions I've had, but not too long where I feel like I'm dragging on for forever and having to fill space. So thank you everyone for listening. Please write in and let's make this podcast a bit more interactive. For the last time, email me at newsletter at jmartfit dot com or at jmartfit on Instagram and Twitter. All right, everyone, keep moving, stay active, have a good week. Peace, Jmart out.